Blog Talk Radio. Hey, Serialites, a real quick note before we get going here. Our uh, sponsors on the show here, Paramount Media Distribution, uh, wanted to give away a perfectly good copy of the new movie Annihilation, Ultra, UHD, Mega, 4K, everything, all the bells and whistles. Uh, So I tell you what you do. You stay tuned to the end of the episode today. We're going to have a special conversation and your chance to win this free copy that, for some reason, they're giving away. Um, All right, that's enough on that. Get ready for the show. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial, the weekend talk news magazine that celebrates the culture that we grew up with and also grew up with us. Uh, joining me, uh, I, oh, I, of course, am Dan Grimshay, as always, your faithful host. Joining me is the semi-faithful Marky. Say, hey, Marky. Hey, hey. Uh, and we've also got Mr. Johnny Heck, as always. Johnny, you should sound off, too. Hey, yo. All right. Well, it sounds like roll call's done. Uh, This week, we've got a very exciting show, at least in my mind. We've got exclusive audio with Nichelle Nichols. Mm -hmm. You may know her as Lieutenant Uhura from the original Star Trek. She joins Walter Koenig on our... uh, our wall of Star Trek original yeah. cast members. Recorded live from the WonderCon floor. Recorded like, live from the WonderCon floor. From the bridge. We of... could not find a quieter spot, so we just went straight to WonderCon. Yeah. It was awesome. It, and you'll have to take our word for it because you weren't allowed to be there, listeners. <laughs> uh, we've also got some other interviews from that same event. Uh, we're also talking to uh, Ariella Barr. Or Bearer, sorry. Uh, she plays Gert on Hulu's Marvel's Runaways. Very good show. Uh, and also Emily Coots, who plays Lieutenant Detmer from the new Star Trek Discovery. You can check that out down at your old CBS All Access store. For those of you that are uh, kind of hip but not totally hip, she's the one with, like, the half-shaved head and the, the thing on her the side little of her pros- head. Little, uh, prosthetic, A little, little prosthetic. little prosthetic. Kind of cyborg, yeah. kind of cool look. You guys yeah. have seen this. I mean, even if you don't watch Star Trek Discovery yet, you've seen pictures of her because she's the coolest-looking. Yeah. She's <laughs> on basically every episode. Yeah. Kinda. I think she's, she's awesome. like a pilot. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of rocking it. Visual, visually striking on the show, uh, but you'd never know it because she's such a demure person in person. A d- demure person in person. That's right. A demure person in person. <laughs> we were there. We saw her. We we met her. We talked to her. Yeah, and then, and and we cannot wait for you you at home to hear what we heard mm-hmm. there. Uh, but first, uh, why did we talk to them? Yeah. What why? business did we have? 
sauntering up to these successful actors. Well, we were so, uh, hey, none to, to be we, honest, no, no, no reason at all. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't really. I, actually, we really didn't know, other than the fact that we had this like opportunity to kind of speak with them. Um, we obviously take it whenever we have the opportunity to to speak with with people of such stature. Yeah, we yeah. definitely jump they, on it. For some reason, but, uh, the powers of be, they let us punch above our weight quite yeah, a bit. Yeah. So and we're very lucky. Consistently. So all of these interviews are literally one-on-ones. Well, one being, uh, you know, Johnny Heck and I as one, and then versus <laughs> them as the other. As the other. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's a four-person one-on-one like, interview. It's kind of like how a whole NBA team could be about. one-on-one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, this was uh, – it was, it was a great situation because uh, if you look at all of our guests today – you know, we got to uh, speak with some actresses that were kind of at the beginning of getting into fandom. Yeah, they're and, ju- they're just starting to tell new stories exactly. for fans to feed on for generations to go, or at least the new generation coming up. Yeah, where they're like they're growing up watching. Right, them. right, and and like people are starting to you know cosplay as them. Yeah, like they're starting to see T-shirts of them or or action figures of them. And then we ended up ending, I'm not kidding, we ended the whole WonderCon. The very last interview. The very last interview on the floor of WonderCon, on the bridge of the, uh, of of the, the, Enterprise. Of the Enterprise. Enterprise D. Yeah. And we actually talked to an, uh, like somebody who started, who started yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. She was a part of the group that started everything Michelle that we Nash, do. She, we grew up watching her she <laughs> yeah star trek the original show though admittedly came out in about 10 years before i was born doesn't matter because of the way tv worked then yeah it was in yeah. syndication she i grew up watching her yes she's like the first so, lady of geekdom i mean lieutenant uhura was not only the only you know woman on the cast but first african-american woman first uh time a white man kissed an African American woman oh, on television. You, you I mean, so yeah, kick, kicking down doors. That was in the sixties. Sure. Could you yeah. imagine how many people were right. pissed and, off in the late yeah. late sixties? So yeah, and it's interesting too. Again, like you mentioned, we talked to these two young people that are the start of their uh, uh, respective shows. But yeah. Emily Coates could easily be the next, you know, Lieutenant Uhuru to a young girl now. Yeah, to absolutely. A young boy watching. The Star Trek Discovery show, although from what I understand, probably young kids should not be watching that one. Ooh, <laughs> that, yeah. That's an example of Star Trek finally growing up with Look, us. we're not going to oh, raise your kids true. for you, but I just have to let you know, maybe check out Voyager a little bit more kid-friendly. <laughs> this one's a little uh, uh, ass-kicky, but... Well, you know, I, I actually don't... Um, I don't subscribe to the CBS app, so I don't watch the show. I... You know, I keep up, you know, like, you know, my fingers are on the pulse, but I don't watch it. What I hear, and I, I, I think you could probably your, your boy Johnny Egg did, did yeah, watch. Um, is that sure. uh, the actual, the captain is not the main protagonist. No. Of this series, which is new to Star Trek. Absolutely. Yeah. You have, um, you, you know, the main, the main actor is a woman. Yeah. Uh, is an African American woman, and um, she's not. No, she's not the captain. She, it, spoiler: I know Grimm hasn't watched it, but you, you find oh, I, I know the way the white man's world works. Yeah, she, of course, she's not. Uh, the she's actually she comes on to Shameful. she comes on Discovery as a 
criminal. She's actually a, a, a no prisoner and, and starts to kind of find this re, journey of redemption. But uh, a lot of twists and turns. I'm not going to spoil it for my co-hosts who haven't watched the show. I look forward to watching I it. Think, I, I think our, our yeah. friends that have watched it I think if I hold out long enough, CBS will just drop the payball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that's yeah, my so, theory. And, and, that, and, and, God, what a great cast. And um, Emily's a part of this uh, ensemble cast, but really sticks out. Because just the really cool kind of makeup and, and headgear they're all wearing, and you see her in every scene. Uh, she has that kind of, like you said, that shaved head with a little prosthetic. You're going to see her in every scene. Does a really good job. You know, like there's there's a lot to say about that. Like, um, yeah, she gets our attention because of the prosthetic and the shaved head. You know, well, you got to stand out. Yeah, on but you know what? Aliens. Honestly, how much of Spock, especially when when we were all kids, was the big ears and the finger thing? Yeah. You know, like it, there's something different and unique about the way that they look, and it kind of adds a little reverence to what they're saying, right? Because it makes them a little unique. It draws your eyes there. toward them. It sure, draws your you, eyes. You want to look like, what's, yeah. this, what's this guy doing? But And it's hard, too, when you have, like, uh, Sonequa Martin-Green mm-hmm. from The Walking Dead. Oh, awesome actress. As, as your lead, yeah, she, you know, she eats it on The Walking Dead. Oh, by the way, because I'm going to Star Trek, but a little, you know, pretty, pretty good move. But she commands every scene so when you see a, an actor you know like Luke, uh, Emily playing Lieutenant Detmer who really stands out really well um, I think that's good on her um, taking every ounce of this again, established franchise I just can't get over for these younger actors starting a brand new Star Trek show we haven't had in like a decade yeah. Um, a lot riding on it being on the CBS All Access Network, the flagship of this new platform for CBS. They, this was the first original content on there, unless you want to watch about 80,000 hours of Survivor and Big Brother. Um, <laughs> Which and plenty maybe, of people will, yeah, but... Um, guilty. Um, but maybe some T.J. Hooker <laughs> reruns on there, too. I think you could watch some Dick Van Dyke shows, yeah. but... But this was where they said, yeah, we could put this, you know... Triple A franchise show money into something that we'll put on the network. Yeah. But I said, hey, you know what? It's so strong. I bet we can sell an entire other service behind it. it. It's a huge vote, which means they're going to pump plenty of money into it. Mm -hmm. They're not going to call it quits right away, which is why I've went ahead and took a little time. I'll see it eventually. But but I know, I have heard enough. I know that what they're doing is trying to get uh, the the 18 to 40 year next generation. If you yeah. will. I'm totally little, trying little to say the, the next generation. <laughs> little on the nose. But, yeah, the new the new Star Trek viewer that maybe only knows the J.J. Abrams uh, reboot movies. Mm-hmm. And, Which um, I love. And also Discovery, quote-unquote, should be on the prime timeline, according to you yeah. know, creators. I don't want to get into just geek out on everybody. But, um, but yeah, so it's like a new franchise, or same franchise, new take on it, and very daunting, man. I mean, God, you step into Star Trek, this is your life. So many actors that have been on every Star Trek show, they do the rounds on these conventions. They go on cruises. Yep. They're on conventions around the world. Go follow, like, a Marina Sirtis or Brett Spiner or Jonathan Frakes on Twitter. Hey, I'm in uh, yep. Germany. I'm in Canada. I'm on a boat. I'm everywhere <laughs> doing this. Spiner hasn't worked a day since, like, 1998, right? Catching those I mean, convention checks, son. <laughs> I mean, like, and that's awesome. And, you know, I would... I love to be on the side that is supporting him. Yeah. You know, like I, I yeah, I'll pay thirty dollars for his autograph. That's yeah. that sounds like that's a great you, deal. You, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to find a bigger franchise than Star Trek. Yeah. To prove that, yeah, with, when your fans love you, 
they will take care of you for life. Yeah, for life. And I, and I think a lot of the actors on Star Trek, I know it was frustrating for them at first, coming off that <laughs> right. show. Uh, Which was made into Galaxy Quest. I think that... That yeah, that the really Galaxy Quest grabbed that kind yeah. of through oh, on you think. And, yeah. uh, Such a good movie. But still, they are. Uh, apparently, it's written into the contracts now. Well, and I, I don't know if they're. Um, uh, you know, and you could ob- you could obviously say the same thing about a Marvel property, which is you know when, right. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but you know, I don't. You know, when we were sitting down with them, and we're going to bring you this audio here really, really soon. I swear, probably. But uh, yeah, who knows? When, I mean, I got the feeling. I don't know about you, Johnny Heck, but like I got the feeling that these gr- these girls don't know what they're in for quite yet. Right. Yeah. As <laughs> as, 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 as any young yeah. actor actress would. You know, they don't know what they're in for. I think Marky and I were sitting I, and, and again at this round table with these two really awesome, awesome young actors. And both of them, Emily and um, Ariella, we were just like, do you know what you're in for? Yeah, do you know? <laughs> do, you, do you know? Like, yeah, like, we it's read, awesome, by the way. We read the comics and we read the show and watched the shows and we're but, like, but we're kind of looking at each other yeah. like, oh, no, no. This, is like, this is awesome. You know, I, I want to point it at like. Comic Con and 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 Emily, when you go to like the Las Vegas Star Trek convention and you stand out and just a million people are there just looking at the whole cast and crew, then it's good. Maybe maybe they're used to it since, but at the time I got the feeling that you just stepped into a much larger world. Yeah. I'm uh, saying, I'm saying, saying like if if you just, could, I mean, it's, it's them <laughs> perpetuating that cycle too by creating these new shows and telling these new stories, which is mm-hmm. what Star Wars is doing. Uh, Runaways definitely, oh yeah, uh, is is looking for the younger crowd. They're playing, uh, you know, teenagers. Yeah, yeah, who are it's running away from yeah. home. It's basically you a bunch of rebels. Yeah, tug yeah. at an adolescent's heartstrings any harder than set up your premise like that. So obviously they're recruiting them to go on this long journey of, hey, you want to come into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Mm-hmm. Here's a good starting point. We're going to lead right. you through billions and billions of dollars of produced entertainment. Yeah, and, and I, I actually I've seen I think like the first five or six episodes, you know, of Runaways. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, from and I don't, you know, try not to spoil too much for me here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the rest. They eventually but, run uh, away. But eventually, um, like, I get the impression that like, so it's all these super everybody's super powered. Like this whole high school clique, they're all super powered. Um, and they're they're all they all represent. You know, there's it's kind of like the like Breakfast Club, but with superpowers, right? You got the jock, not bad, and you got right. <laughs> that's it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. not that's not that's pretty the close. Worst. Yeah, that's pretty there, close. There's the jock guy. There's and, the there's the weirdo, the freak. There's the nerd, and and right? and, and the um, you know, again, we talked to Ariella, and she plays Gert, yeah. the kind of you know, not the jock, not the uh, uh, super fancy kind of. Um, She's not the pretty girl, but she has a crush on the pretty boy. Right, the right? kind of jock. She's not the uh, Molly Ringwald um, right. kind of. She's more of the Ali Sheedy of the group. In in a more in a better way. I don't know, maybe yeah. a little hipstery, but yeah. But she has a pet dinosaur, so who's the fucking I know. winning that yeah. fight? You know, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, but 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 like, so you you have this, you know, you have this like this super powered. Um, this like super powered click and it's their parents that may and again i i'm only like five episodes in but their parents seem to be the the super powered villains they are the villains and so right. the reason why they have to run away is because their 
parents are the dicks, mm-hmm. and they 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 have to get the hell they have to rebel against and this and get away from yeah. this. And again, not, you if you you couldn't write a more appealing premise for an adolescent, for an adolescent show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then on the I'm heels of rebel, mom and dad, I don't yeah. want your rules and your villainy. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here. Like how you're you're, yeah. you're like doing the little I'm Trump. Doing, I am doing. Okay. Okay. And so so yeah, we got that's the show. Uh, we have uh, Emily. We have is it Ariella? Mm-hmm. Did I say that yeah. correctly? Um, but yeah, uh, take yeah. us to this thing. Let's, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's cut live, taped, pre-recorded via satellite and uh, USB stick. One on one, a four-person interview from the uh, WonderCon Killing Floors uh, Magic Interview Machine. Give us a little taste of that. So, yeah, you guys have been busy. Yes. <laughs> big year, I say. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know where to start. So, uh, you're in Star Trek. That's no small thing. Yes. Marvel. That's yeah. no small thing. All right, so, whose who's ride has been wilder? You know, what, what has been your experience so far? I haven't been to space. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've had dinosaurs. It's weird, like we just met today, and it's been fun, like how similar the journeys have been in an interesting sort of way of like, you know, beloved shows, beloved universes, um, fandom, and like legacy um, in a way, and and getting to tell a refreshing version of the story. Um, So, I mean, both experiences are wild, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's a comparison. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And you're not just that it's a small. Maybe this will work out between So I got hired as a local in Toronto. I had auditioned months earlier, and I was in Paris at the time when I found out, and so I locked myself in my hotel room and just watched Star Trek. I freaked out first, and then I just I was like, oh, okay, i got to start watching everything. Um, and so that was really cool, and I didn't know that my character was going to stay on and travel to the Discovery at the time, so I wasn't sure what to expect, and my journey was a lot longer and more exciting than I had first anticipated, so that was very exciting. When you when you decided to like get into that, uh, where was the first stop for your like Star Trek kind of crash? Um, you know, my boyfriend is a huge Trekkie, so he was like jumping from one thing to the other, and he's like, "You need to know this in this episode," and I was like, "That's good, you're the guy." Yeah, I did have a guy, and I still sometimes call him up and be like, "What's the thing that?" You know, just to make sure I know. Um, I've got a script. Start? He has me. Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah. This is where you can skip this and then you know move on to this. But you know, the next generation is, is my bit. And, and you, what, well, yeah. What about you and your and your and your kind of uh, your your experience about getting this job and then trying to catch up with? Yeah. Because it? it sounds like it's. it's I mean, this, this, this I knew, yeah, yeah, I knew about the comics, but the thing with the audition was they didn't even tell us it was a Marvel show. Like, we didn't know anything. It, there was, like, rumors that it might be Marvel, but I just heard, like, Hulu show, and I was like, awesome, Handmaid's Tale, great. Um, so, 
the whole audition process was kind of nice because there wasn't that pressure and I wasn't thinking about how to develop a character for anyone else other than myself. Um, and then once she was very real within me I, and I found out I got the part, then I got to find out what these comics were. I went and I bought them and I read them. I mean, I think I've read the first one like five times each and then the second one, well, I stop at a certain point. Cause, you know, the second comic, there's no point to continue after a certain point. <laughs> My character dies. <laughs> but but and I'm not afraid to say it. When I first got the part, I was afraid to say that. I was like, if I don't say it, maybe everyone will forget. But then uh, Rainbow saved my life. She brought me back in the new comic, so I'm not as afraid anymore. Yeah. Nobody's Game of Thrones, sorry. Right. Did uh, yeah. character die? Let me, uh, no, that was really it. Like, no one Ren ever dies in Marvel. Renzi and I, well, no, Renzi's character, uh, Alex, he also dies in the comic, so we're the ones who are kind of always on that. <laughs> so, uh, so we're like, we cannot mess up. <laughs> what about your first kind of run-in with the fandom? Can we start with you on this one, and then we're going to go to this one? Because I, I would like to know, because you guys both have this huge responsibility. I know you didn't really ask for that part of it. You're just professional actors. But what about the fandom? I mean, how much do you feel pressure to kind of live up to what we're expecting of you? And, and just what was your first experience with it? Mine was really recently because I wasn't announced last year during the filming, so I um, I just sort of started to, when it aired, get to like engage online with our fans. And, you know, for the most part, people are just like excited and enthusiastic and awesome, so it's been a very fun to sort of engage on Twitter, basically. Um, and then this is my first uh, convention, so I'll, I'll be doing a few this year. And um, I'm like, we were both just standing out in the parking lot being like, oh my god, oh my gosh, like, we're just totally enjoying it and having fun. And the fans are, the fans are great. I think they know, you know. I saw one of you yesterday. Uh, you know, I've seen pictures of her, and we're like, yeah, no one did it today is the thing. I was like, I've made it known that it's going to be on Sunday. We actually talked to her, and she was so depressed because you weren't there yesterday. Oh, I'm and so sorry. And we were saying, hey, we're actually going to meet her and stuff like that, and she was so excited. Was I did see, I saw a couple pictures tweeted to me, uh -huh. so I tried to respond to those. Um, also, people who dyed their hair, yeah. I try to respond to because I think that's Commitment. amazing. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pretty cool color. Yeah, and it's yeah. crazy because there's this pressure, of course, from the fans, but also you know that it stems from like this deep love and like protectiveness over the material that it's like you can't even be mad if someone's like really protective over like what they thought it was going to be because you're like, yeah, I respect that you really love this thing enough to yeah. feel protective over it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got to wrap up time, but I just have one more mm -hmm. uh, question about that very awesome. You're awesome. I love that. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're out of the trailer, out of hair, makeup. Look at the makeup. Oh, I mean, what's that transformation like? I mean, the hair shave was. It was intense. Yeah, it started growing out weirdly on the side. I just kind of cover it up. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really bald. Uh, and then, but it was really cool. You, I instantly felt, you know, like different. And also for my character to be injured and, you know, make that transition, it was like a really huge scar of the, like, emotional scar of the Shenzhou going down. And, you know, it was, um, I think, important visually for that. Um, and it's just, uh, it just makes me feel really cool. <laughs> Badass. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like people don't recognize me when I go out. I, I get more like 
do I know you from somewhere? Like, do you, do you work around here? And I'm like, I've never been here before in my life, no. But I'm not going to be like, I know where you know me from. But when I hang out with, like, Renzi outside, he's so recognizable. That's when we get stopped. But um, on set, it's cool because I do wear a wig. And I always try to make the wig the last thing I put on because we shoot in the summer. It's just hot. Um, so that's kind of the final moment of, like, and girth here. Um, which is nice because then there gets to be that separation. I get to leave her on set and be me at home. And I come back and like transform again. I do have, I, I do have, I do have one more question for you guys. Um, have you, you guys, have you seen your own action figures yet? Do they exist? Have you seen one yet? Have you? I have not. Have you seen one yet? Not really. Not yet. I've seen like little fan-made. Uh-huh. What, what are those little dolls with like the big square heads? Funkos. Yeah, yeah. I've seen like little fan-made ones of those, but no official ones. Okay, I'm yeah. sure they're coming. I, we the hopefully guy who made, we. It's my prosthetic on Paul, he painted me a little one as a wrap gift, and it's so good. It's like the littlest details, and it's really beautiful, and he put it in like a little fake 80s box, like it looks like an old action. It's pretty cool. You guys are both about to become toys forever. It's going to happen. So, anyway, we have this right. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations on your career. Thank you so much. Really great chatting. Both of you. Never closes. I've got to have more milk. Mr. Spark! My search for something super chocolatey has led me here. Must be my delicious cocoa pebbles. Fascinating. They're yours if you take me on the Enterprise. Barney oh. Rubble is doing some cosplay in that commercial. If you, if yeah, you watch it on YouTube, yeah, he's just yeah. like Spock, man. And, I, and I'm so glad we went with the uh, Star Trek theme commercial because that Runaway Serial commercial was depressing. Downer, dude. Oh. Oh. So anyway, that was uh, both uh, Ariella Bearer and Emily Coots from WonderCon 2018, I believe. Yeah, that's just a month, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still fresh, a yeah. fruity and precocious blend. But um, <laughs> like a gift that keeps on giving. Like a bowl of fruity pebbles. <laughs> I did it like a Lucky Charms guy. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I did. Go on. So uh, they 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 are both at the beginning of their journey. Yeah, yeah. you know uh, this is obviously they don't have Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Nope. My point being, we grew up with that, and I feel like that set the stage for us to still want that kind of entertainment, which is why, which is why you've got all these uh, you know superhero shows. Why Star Trek can yeah. get remade. Literally dozens of yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, these these are all these are all the wellspring though of the early efforts. Gene Roddenberry fought like hell yeah. to get Star Trek out there. He fought like hell to have Nichelle Nichols play the role she did. Yep. I mean that he had to bust a lot of doors down to make that happen. And I, I think it's really good that it did. It's kind of a shame that there was so much effort involved. Uh, but but that edge of it is kind of easier. But it was not that way for, for, well, I guess the beginning of time of television, <laughs> which didn't really start to matter until you could plug them in in the last century. 
but still the uh the changes that have happened uh socially are due in no small part to people like our next guest Michelle Nichols it's a major it's a there's yeah. there's a there's like uh there's a moment in American history that was before the Shatner and Michelle Nichols kiss and after yeah like i think it kind of really you know it really drew a line and it did, it, it, yeah, it, it separated a, the past from the future. Yeah, like, and, it, and it should have been like a kind of a non-event. It should not be such a demarcating point it in is pop now, culture. But, but it is, and the, it definitely was then. Because of that moment, it's it's not an issue anymore. But yeah. it took that moment to happen. It took that moment, and, pre- and in the ensuing years, I think yeah. immediately after that moment, hate mail started going in mm-hmm. to uh, NBC. Yeah. Immediately, or CBS, I forget. I think it was NBC. Was it NBC? Because it's CBS now. It's, it, it is uh, CBS now, but it was Universal, which was owned by NBC. Okay, I'm okay. going with NBC all still. Right, all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, that it, it represents uh, a long, slow change, mm-hmm. which, and I'm sure we're still going through it. I'll be the first to admit, we're three guys sitting around a table. We're living in a bubble. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know anything. We, all, yeah. all we do, we just hop on for the ride. Yeah. Every, have, everything no I think I know, going. I assume was planted there. <laughs> yeah. So I don't believe anything in my own head. Yeah, but but she okay. It's not even it's not even just the the mere like uh, out in front cultural impact. It's the subcultural impact that Michelle Nichols had, mm. and you know. And what I'm talking about is is hopping into a fandom, you know. We just talked to well, guests put, yeah, that are the fandom that are, of yeah, it is, is yeah. the thing that kept that Correct. idea going. Yeah, yeah. Like we just talked to a couple of guests that were just getting into the whole concept of fandom for the first time. Yep. And now we're about to bring you audio from a person who created the concept of yeah. or, or or who was there at the beginning of the concept itself. Yeah, she and, was yeah. the original bridge crew. The original bridge of the original... And that means something to anyone who knows Star Trek. And at this point, almost yeah. everybody knows Star Trek. Every, you have to know it. Yeah, yeah, and if you look at the actual... And that, again, that was the beauty of Star Trek between the kiss between Uhura and Kirk. It, it wasn't a big deal on the show because it's the future. It's the 23rd century. Mm-hmm. But if you also take a closer look at Star Trek, which Michelle Nichols is obviously an integral part of... Um, that started, in, in my opinion, and you can back me up on this, the actual convention uh, aspect of it. Because when Star Trek was canceled after you know just a few seasons, three seasons, um, they did a Star Trek convention, which was unheard of—a convention for a TV show. Yeah. Wait, wait, um, you you're going to try and get TV audiences to come to you, and right. you're not even going to give them a show? Right. And, <laughs> and and it was massive. People wanted the Star Trek convention to start off small, so. I think a lot of conventions peeled off from that, notably like Comic-Con yep. and this this kind of um, close-knit fandom. And by the way, again, pre-internet, people are writing letters. They're on newsletters they would receive in the mail. By the way, uh, mail is a thing. They used to have a box in front of your house. <laughs> paper. They would put things in. Um, but, yeah, so it was really difficult to, to stay connected to this fandom. But, they, again, they started the convention craze. They started the fandom craze, in my opinion, with, with Star Trek. And she's a part of that. And now these younger actresses who are now a part of this these established franchises are – Definitely uh, enjoying the fandom that was started by a Nichelle Nichols yeah. in, in many ways. Yeah, this is a this is a woman who she's still active. In fact, we talked to her about her new project, Noah's Room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, 
I, I hope I'm not out of line when I say her career is more than half over. Oh, yeah. Just by the yeah. laws of nature. Yeah, absolutely. You know, she has definitely – she blazed a trail, and, and it is a trail that, that I followed, you know, as a fan. Mm-hmm. I was born a white male, so I can't empathize what? with everything she well, has done. It, uh, I don't it, identify that way anymore. Uh, not to worry, Johnny. If you look, if you look through her IMDb page, um, any kind of acting credits that she's had over the last maybe 20 years – has been like on things like Family Guy or you know like just basically like uh, like it's all it's a series of guest yeah. a, guest a, a, a piece, cameo role cameo roles when she's hearing this like this and because she's become such an icon exactly well, that, such that, an icon and that's that, what happens that's yeah. I was going with this that's like, what happens with Star Trek actors a lot you get typecast man and you're known as Uhura. Oh, it, the same thing happened to Shatner and Nimoy and everybody involved. Adam in West. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the flip side yeah. of that kind of almost obsessive fandom is also that anybody in power is going to say, ah, I don't think anyone's going to see you as anything but, you know, Lieutenant Uhura. Mm-hmm. I think that, and I, I think that, you know, our guest made it possible that our previous guest, that it, that's not true anymore. I think that you can have a science fiction acting career and still have a serious, a dramatic career yeah. if you wanted it because it has progressed now, you know? Um, I, I think so too. And I think yeah. it sounds silly to be, and it really doesn't affect anyone but actors, Yeah, but it sounds silly, but that's, I think a mark of progress as well. Yeah, absolutely. To be yeah. like, if you have a bunch of ravenous fans who know you from this, it means we can't use you for anything else, mm-hmm. which I think is just baloney. And it's the kind of thing I think why Harrison Ford was so against all you know doing new Star Wars for decades because mm-hmm. he's like I've already I I already I jumped out of Star Wars and did Indiana Jones and I was worried about becoming Indiana Jones the rest of my life. So he stepped out and kept doing things like Witness, etc. Well, um, I heard or I read I don't remember. But uh, Alec Guinness, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, he couldn't figure out why somebody would watch the same movie over and over again. Mm Because people kept asking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he was just like, he couldn't understand why someone would just want to ask him and watch the same movie over and over and over again. Not the biggest Star Wars fan. Well, it doesn't doesn't matter. That's completely, uh, it's not, it's, it's not that he wasn't a fan of the, of, of the work that he did or the, or the movie. It's just that he didn't understand conceptually why somebody would, would be, he did not understand the fandom. Yeah. It was not created then. The idea of pop culture in his generation was completely different. Correct. He didn't understand. There was it. no room for that, and then ours kind of broke it with things like Star Trek and Star Wars. Like, wow, you can become obsessed is kind of the way they would view it. Yeah. But to us, it was just being a normal fan. Well, I, yeah. it, you I know, was like I enjoy the show so much. I do want to buy the action toys, and I want to meet based you. on it, and I and I want and to get I want your to see them, and yeah. I want I just want to soak up more of whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I I don't know. I mean, Alec Guinness did do those Bridge on the River Kwai conventions, so I think we're going to shit on that one. Do you imagine? Mr. Uh, Guinness, Mr. Guinness, um, was the bridge a real bridge or um... – Could you imagine? I mean, it just, it just doesn't make a lot of sense, right? And uh, it's – this is – 
it's a phenomenon that turned out to not be a phenomenon. It turned out to be something that had real roots, yeah. something that had real. Like, it feels it, like now, like it w- it's just a natural extension. I, exactly. I'm not so naive to believe there isn't a whole bunch of marketing wizardry behind it, and there is a, a there is a want for the producers of this content mm-hmm. for us to still be rabidly consuming it. But the fact that it exists, that we basically we chose to watch Star Wars twenty times yeah. growing up. Minimum. That was not a marketing <laughs> trick yes, by anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that many. Yeah. yeah. So, I watched it this year twenty times. Mark yeah. is actually watching on his phone right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so but after right. producers and studios noticed that, they're like, Holy crap, they're willing to do that for some properties. That became the new fertile hunting ground. Uh-huh. So I can see why capitalism and then just fandom work together to create the MCU, et cetera, so forth. Yeah. I'm sure somewhere Netflix is making a great 12-piece documentary about the actual phenomenon, but I think we just summed it up right here. I think so, too. I can dig it. I think, I mean, we uh, before we get into this, um, before we get into the audio, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to ask Johnny Heck, who at the table right now is the Star Trek, you know, He's the big fan. He's the guru of us. Oh, um, well, what he, was it like? He like, definitely saw Discovery. He well, yeah, not, but yeah, but just but, because I bowed out during Deep Space Nine. Yeah, but he also we're gonna you know, have words on that later. But actually. Uh, <laughs> before we get into the audio, uh, Johnny Heck was the lucky fella that got to sit down with Nichelle Nichols. I'm, we're talking. I'm talking literally sit down. On the bridge of the Enterprise, on the floor of WonderCon, we got this opportunity. I jumped all over it, um, and we got to interview one-on-one, and a real one-on-one with Johnny Heck and Nichelle Nichols. Can I ask you, what was it like for you to sit there and speak with this icon, with this legend? Uh you know, it was if, – if I don't interview anyone else ever again, then that's fine with me. It was um, – talking to Nichelle Nichols, yeah, I am a huge Star Trek nerd. I've seen every episode of every series more than once. Um, I could I could go I could go toe-to-toe on trivia and this and that and all the minutia. I've been to Star Trek conventions when I was young. Um, I've seen a lot of these cats. I've seen a lot of pictures of them, but never got to meet Nichelle Nichols at a convention – so now as an adult and seeing Nichelle just so radiant, so awesome, um, and talking to her one-on-one, sitting next to her, I mean, Marky put it together, and I thank you then, I'll thank you now on air. Oh, yeah, it was just absolutely. an amazing opportunity to meet and talk to such a wonderful woman. I mean, you you were right there, too. Radiant. You saw her. her just she's radiant. Looked like a million uh, bucks. million man. bucks. Just, just a million bucks. It, it was great um, just sitting next to just this presence, you know, yeah. that she, she uh, it just has exudes. I felt like a kid again. Yeah. I felt like, Aww. you know, two two feet tall, just... Um, um, uh, and um, and, 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 and you're gonna do. you're gonna yeah. hear it in the interview. Did, did it sound a little something like this? Oh. Magic interview machine. Give us a taste. Meanwhile, so um, what we've heard, uh, Noah's room. Uh, you're the matriarch of a family that takes in a um, young white child um, who's abused by the foster system, and you take him in to help him out. And 
I believe that uh, he has accidentally uh, gotten in some trouble, and I'm not sure if he um, is the one who killed my boy. Okay. But he is so interesting to to me that I learned more and more about him. And it turns out he's not the one who is killing my boy. But he's ashamed of being involved with the one who did. You know, and he really he's on the edge of of uh, Oh, suicide, really, you know. And I realized that, and I saved his life for my boy's life. So it's a, also a tale of redemption. You're bringing in this. That's right. That's right. So, and the show seems so relevant. We've seen a lot of uh, TV shows where um, you might have a white family that brings in an African American child. Yeah. Now we have that story told in a very relevant way. The other way around. Yes, it's a black family who brings in uh, this white kid who uh, has been in some trouble and so forth, and but was uh, a close friend of our son. Oh, okay. So, so they're familiar with the kid when they bring bring him into the family. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. And. Also, I just want to talk a little about the relevancy um, in today's society with so many things going on. Um, uh, just kind of like the movement we have, uh, just it, just in society. So it seems like a relevant story to be told today. Maybe it would have been told 10 or 20 years ago. I think it would have been uh, probably not told 10 or 20 years ago, but sometime along the way. It has floated out there, so what by the time we're talking about, I, the person I'm playing, uh, has now known what knows what it is, and it's about her uh, children and her life and her family, and she opens up and brings this kid who was thought responsible, or may have been, uh, up to date, you know. That's awesome. And you portrayed, obviously, one of the most groundbreaking, uh, groundbreaking characters ever in Star Trek. And now it seems you're still doing it um, in 2018. So um, as a matriarch of this family, as the one in power, um, is it good to kind of be in the captain's chair of this family and, and, and telling, uh, you know, steering the ship? I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful and it's beautiful and brings out uh, the characters. It's not only the character, but the characters uh, that she's involved with, uh, uh, comes in involved with or knowing, and it opens up for her a, a great deal. Yeah, it opens up a great deal for, for her, and she realizes how how much he feels about these people. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And then, um, again, with, with the story, 
um, you know, playing this this uh, matriarch um, and the head of this family is when you bring in the foster child. Does the whole family agree with this decision, or is is are you kind of no? We have to bring him in. We have to save him. Do you ever see a family that all everybody is? Agreed on the same thing. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I belong to a big family, okay. my darling. <laughs> that is an excellent. That's an excellent point. I should yeah. have thought of that. That's, right. that's wonderful. That's right. Okay. We are in our lives. We are, and we and we're in their lives. You know. Yeah. Amazing. Well. Um, thank you so much. The show's called Noah's Room. Yes. Uh, Nichelle Knuckles starring, executive producer. Um, and we're hearing it's still being uh, shopped around, and we're hoping to get some more news on that soon, perhaps. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Wonderful. Well, um, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. It is an absolute pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much. The pleasure is mine. Wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. of Star Trek is brought to you by RCA Victor. When you're first in color TV, there's got to be a reason. And by Pepsi-Cola, taste that beats the others cold. And by Geritol, the high-potency vitamin plus iron tonic that helps you feel stronger fast. By Geritol. <laughs> yeah. They, they were not shooting for the young audiences back then, apparently, with uh, Star Trek. But, hey, that was awesome. Nichelle Nichols, our second original bridge crew here on Saturday Morning Serial. I'm stoked. Uh, and you did a great job there, Johnny oh, Heck. I know. Uh, yeah, it's difficult not to, and I know we've brought this up before, but not to do the Chris Farley. Um, <laughs> um, do you remember? I'm yeah. right now. Pretty cool. But you did. I mean, well, and and of course, uh, as you all just heard in the interview, it's mostly uh, about her new project, Noah's yes, Room. Absolutely. Uh, we, there's not much we can say about it because it is still in production and being shopped around. Mm -hmm. As far as we know, if there's news, we'll try and get it to you in a further mm -hmm. uh, broadcast. Uh, for the time being, though, uh, let's all hope that that is going to be picked up and produced and give her something to do and give us a way to see her again. Mm -hmm. Uh, just a living legend, and you handled it with aplomb, yeah. if I will, Mr. Heck. Yeah, well that, done. That happened, and that, nothing will ever that, take that, that away happened, from you, because right. that was that was amazing, and I mean, we're just, we're honored to have her on our, uh, on our show. Yeah, um, it was and, and listen, everybody listening, I cannot stress this enough, we are not professionals. Not at not We have no any. idea what we're doing. No. So to be able to talk to the likes of Nichelle Nichols, Walter Koenig, I uh, yeah. uh, just, you know, hashtag blessed, y'all. Yeah. And we had to edit it a little bit. I actually passed out from nerves. Mark actually, Mark actually has a little uh, a little taser. He, 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 uh, I have a little he brings salt. me back to life. Go, what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, so, but no, it was just, I mean, it's, That's great. And it's yes, sci-fi royalty. Hall of Famer. Royalty, man. exactly. Icon. Royalty. She is someone who, you know, was if at the uh, beginning? Ariel and Emily are at the beginning of mm -hmm. their journeys, we are talking to someone who has gotten all the way to the end of the Lord of the Rings journey. Yeah. I mean, she, she already threw the, the ring prolific. into Mordor. Like she is, yeah. She's ridden the, the yeah. eagle home, uh, and I'm hoping for a sequel. This metaphor just got real dark, considering yeah. her age. But uh, the, the, I, I also feel like before we go, we would be remiss uh, on this yeah. subject, not to mention uh, 
the esteemed actress Margot Kidder recently uh, passed away. Yeah. Immortalized the role of Lois Lane. Yeah, absolutely. Again, uh, one of those great properties that we grew up with, the Superman movies with mm-hmm. Christopher Reeve. The cartoons, the, the comic books. Cartoons. I mean, the com- yeah. Well, I mean, especially uh, Miss Kidder's yeah, it was know, the best. contribution to my fandom, personally. So I, I feel I feel her loss. Uh, we I, all we all watched. She had a very public struggle with mental health issues. She was actually homeless for a little bit. She was homeless yeah. for a little bit, and you know, and it was something where you know the tabloids kind of kept track of it for us. I actually and did it, meet her once. That was kind of neat. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have much of a story. I mean, it was uh, it was at Comic Con here in San Diego. It was one of my mm-hmm. you know early Comic Con adventures. Um, but I met her, and I met Non, you know, the actor that played Non, you know, uh-huh. the, the big guy in Superman From 2. From Superman 2. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, she was, she, was, she was gracious, absolutely, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and she was, uh, she was special, like, yes. even, in, even in those brief moments. Um, I well, could she tell. Was, like Carrie Fisher, she has yes. that. You know, she occupied a role that ended up meaning a lot more mm-hmm. to me as I kept growing up and being a fan of things. You know, she was the Lois Lane, and she still is in my mind. Yep. It's going to be hard to top. Like, uh, when I uh, – I'm a big fan of, uh, you know, you know I love Smallville. Yes, um, and Erica Durant plays Lois Lane in Smallville, and I – she nails it. Like, she really – she does a great job in, in the show. But she is doing a Margot Kidder, Lois right. Lane. Mm-hmm. I know, like, it's really extrapolated, but she's do like, Lois Lane, like, Margot Kidder did a new Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Erica Durant and every single Lois Lane that's worth their grain of salt is going to be doing Margot Kidder's Lois Lane from now on. Yeah. Lois she was forceful. Book. She was, like, the way a reporter should be yep. instead of the, uh, you know, just the damsel in distress that she was in the original comics and such, you know, I, I think there was, there was, there was something different about the Margot Kidder, Lois Lane. She was also a damsel in distress, well, but she still had to get in trouble, but it was because she was going out looking for that's it. By God, difference. she's going to solve the problem. She's the one to the world. She was mischievous. Yeah. You that's couldn't stop difference. her from getting in trouble exactly. because she was aiming. And it was a great take on the character. And honestly, it's the way I see it. When I was young, that was my Lois Lane, mm-hmm. so I don't appreciate any other take on it. No, yeah. and it was such a strong character. If you take a look at, again, her take on it, like you mentioned, Lois typically in the comic books was this damsel in distress and someone for Superman to save because he had a thing for but Clark Kent would, you know, et, et cetera. But if you look at the movie, uh, the very start, even before he becomes Superman, where they start to get robbed, and she's with Clark Kent, and he, she's standing in front of him. Yeah. And she and the guy has a gun, and he tries to take her purse, and she goes to kick him. And she she's goes like, to kick Fuck him. You. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, then he bust, and then he tries <laughs> yeah. to shoot her. Luckily, Superman catches the bullet, you know. Yeah. Still a damsel in like, distress. She has like, no idea. She's yeah. more like a machine gun in distress. <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, you're not taking my shit. And this was such a fresh day. It's so tough and just so iconic and and you know you mentioned some of her mental health struggles which they to come out and say yeah i'm bipolar i got to figure this out and to have yeah. a comeback she won an emmy in 2015 she's an activist man she started to uh kind of come back more in, in the spotlight as it were and that in was recent something years. that was another door that she had to break through because people weren't talking about bipolar disorder no. mental disease at all and she refused to be like 
the lady who was famous and went crazy. Right. And you know, that's that the, was uh, her big message through mm-hmm. her career and the rest of her life, and you got to respect that. And I think that's how maybe um, – maybe I'm misremembering, but I think that's how she was painted a little bit back when she had some of those issues and you know, would go missing for a while. It's like, oh, another Hollywood actress is going off the rails. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is I, a real uh, problem, man, <laughs> and well, kind of brought it, brought it to light. And you, once you realize that struggle – um, it's really impressive. And also, another thing I liked, um, and I, sorry, Mark, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just passionate about it. It's Lois Lane. But if you take a look at Superman 3, um, Richard Donner was famously fired from Superman 2 during mid-production, right? So they brought in someone else to finish it. Anyway, so Superman 3 comes out with a different director. Now, she was contractually obligated to be in this film. If you notice, she's in it for about for the first 10 minutes. Hey, Lois, you have, a, you have an assignment somewhere else. And she's gone for yeah, the rest of the yep. movie. Because she said, fuck you. You fired uh, Richard Donner. Yeah, she went to I'm bat for done. him. And you don't see her for the rest of the franchise. They brought in, I think, Alana Lang or whatever. But she said, you know what? I'm out. You know, and obviously you have to keep Christopher Reeves because he's Superman. But she shook. She bounced from this franchise. The actress that they brought in to play Lana Lang in Superman 3 plays plays Martha Kent (laughs) in Smallville. Um, So there's always – there's a little retribution there. But but, but even – her contributions to the Lois character, as I understand it, they are – they're also is that she's not perfect at all. Like, she smokes. She can't spell. Mm-hmm. She curses. <laughs> is that an R-I-E? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Messy. She's messy. Yeah. She's unorganized. She, yeah. um, um, she, she, and then, like, she literally asked Superman to see her underwear. Yeah, you know, like she's not like this little priss. Yeah, you know, like Uh there's there's something about the character itself that I think just throws all heroines, like, you know, or damsels and whatever whatever Mm -hmm. she was, but she throws it all awry. Everything's 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 scrappy. Um, The (laughs) end in the end of Superman two. You remember? Remember? Like she punches. As soon as she figures out. Yeah. 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 As soon as she figures out that the superpower, the old switcheroo, yeah, yeah, that they don't have their power, she goes, "You're a real pain in the neck," and yeah. she goes, "Bang!" and she smashes the yeah. chick's face, and she falls into the never-ending hole. I thought yep. she called like, her a bitch. No, no, no. She Maybe goes, that's just how no, she goes "You're a real pain in the neck," and she uh, smacks her in the face. Dude, a closed-fisted punch, close man, fist just knocks her out. out. It was awesome, yeah. baby. And so she was just—I mean, uh, just fun. Um, Lois Lane, like. If I was Superman, I'd want Lois Lane too. Superman can have any woman he wanted, hmm. but there's this 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 kooky weirdo <laughs> who's just amazing and adorable and just, just strong, just, person, just strong yeah. and just everything that you could possibly want. She's quirky and all these weird things, and it's because you're seeing Marvel. She's got this bad luck streak where she keeps ending up like underneath the ground in an earthquake. She's in a. She's in a, falling out of she's a in helicopter. An, she's in an elevator and... on the Eiffel Tower <laughs> with a nuclear bomb on it. Um, yeah, that was Lois Lane, and you know it takes that kind of personality to catch a Superman. And she did it. And um, I get touched when I, I see on, like, Twitter and stuff, people are sharing. Uh, when you see those black and white pictures and, they're, you know, they have, like, the, the big collar shirts and suits. Mm-hmm. And you see her and Christopher Reeve and they're just smiling and they're together. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough because 
those are our superheroes when we were growing up. It yeah, was them. Gone. The, yeah. Like one of the very first toys that I had at my grandma's house. So when I would go to my grandma's house, like for the weekend or whatever, it was in the extra room was the little viewer. What do you call those things? Viewmaster. The oh, Viewmaster. Yeah. And it was of like two of the wheels that they had was Superman. I think they bought it at a Goodwill or something, but you know, that's, I I would go and I would run in and mm-hmm. I would see the pictures. And I remember the Superman with his hand on the, on the train track, remember that part? Oh yeah, and then the train. And I remember yeah. a couple of Lois Lane. She had the white jacket, and she. Um, but th- those were, you know, talk about growing up in this in this fandom. Uh, it started for me with Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It started for you with Nichelle Nichols. Sure. You know, in a way, yeah. you know, and um, it started for a lot of us in you know in that and. It's we're Brigitte it's, Nielsen, Red Sonia. But you know, that's just my story. Yeah. It's taking yeah. us it's taking us into whole other uh, into mm. whole other places. You've got yeah. me. Who's got you? Who's got you? <laughs> and they fall. And uh um Who yeah. are you? <laughs> A friend. And she's just nodding. Yeah. And just <laughs> yeah. I got yeah, I love that scene. But he puts her down and he's like, and by the way, Air travel still so those yeah, yep. and she's just kinda nodding like who are you? Yeah. A friend and boom. And he like, yeah, 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 she passes yeah. out. Yeah, yeah after all that. that. Yeah. She she like keeps her cool for right. the whole thing. Her yeah. the the helicopter's falling off the ledge and she's cool. Mm-hmm. She's about to fall off the building and she's cool. She t- uh, Superman says a couple of words to her and she passes out. Mm-hmm. It was I can just see it like it yesterday. I know. A friend. And she's like so yeah i mean uh Thank it you. was uh, this is a big loss so you know with that well uh i i you know usually we declare that that's enough of this uh but i think i think uh this week we should end with uh, a little monologue from uh, Margot Kidder herself yeah. and Superman. I think you'll all remember it. Uh, let's all let's all sing along, and we hope to see you here next week or whenever it is we finally get something else out for you. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to keep up with us on uh, up on the interwebs, you can find uh, Mark E. He's over there at Stay Classy SDCC. He's on that Twitter all the time. Uh, Johnny Heck, you can be found at. Uh, uh, At Johnny Heck, it's very very easy to that find. Seems also, too, too too good to be true. Really, jump online and find us at MaddieBRadio.com. Click on the Saturday morning serial uh, button to find all of our current and former episodes and all the good good goodness. That's right. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks. Uh, please enjoy our 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 memories of Margot Kidder, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Can you read my mind? Do you know what it is that you do to me? I don't know who you are. Just a friend from another star. Here I am, like a kid out of school. Holding hands with a god. I'm a fool. Will you look at me? Quivering. Like a little girl. Shivering. You can see right through me. 
the same director, the same, you know, the same people behind Ex Machina also are behind Annihilation. And the one way that I would describe both of these films, it's eerily unnerving. And it takes you into this world. It's kind of in the future, but it could be just the future of like just literally tomorrow. Like it doesn't take you too far into the future where there's flying cars and all that shit. Although that's kind of cool to see. This is, it's just a world a, a couple of days away. That's what you get the feeling of when you're watching this guy's films. At least that's what, that's my experience so far. And in X, uh, X, Ex Machina, you kind of get the feeling that this is a technology that's on the precipice of being unleashed. And, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert, it gets unleashed. Um, but uh, Annihilation, I felt that it was, uh, I, I watched it again. I, I got this thing. I heard about this movie. I wanted to see this movie. But, you know, it just it never worked out that I got to see it on the screen. Um, I got a copy of it. Our friends at Paramount, you know, out May 29th, they sent me one early and I actually got the, um, Best Buy exclusive. I don't know exactly what it means. Is uh, that what our listeners can expect to receive? Should yeah, they I'm going to say yes, because that's what they sent me. So only at Best Buy and it's, or, it's, or here on Saturday morning cereal. Cereal. <laughs> but it's the exclusive 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray. Um, it's only going to be offered from May 29th until October. So that's it. They're going to take these things out of circulation. And it does come with the digital copy. But um, when they sent this to me, I was so excited. I get a lot of these like movies and I don't have time to watch them all obviously. But when I got this one, I was like, Oh, I wanted to see this, you know, and, you know, uh, put this one on. It, it is, it's, it's so unnerving. You don't know. I know if you, like, I encourage everybody to watch the trailer. And even if you watch the like, Grim, you watch the trailer, right? I've seen the trailer. Okay. What were your thoughts on the trailer? I was like, man, that's a lot of action. They pack a lot of action into that little tiny trailer. <laughs> That's true. They do. Trailers do that. They're known for that. But one of the issues with trailers is that a lot of times you're watching the trailer like, oh, I wish I would have seen that in the movie. You're giving away too much of the movie. Yeah, they, lot- cover, they cover a whole movie's worth of stuff in this trailer. Yeah, I and saw I don't trailer- think, Listen, Marky, I love how you're trying to sell this movie, but no, yeah, I feel like I saw it. I think uh, right. yeah, yeah, Natalie Portman you know has a love interest. Uh, then he goes to the other side, comes back. She goes to figure out what went wrong with him, probably get the the, the serum that's going to make him all better. She learns some stuff. Turns out there's a, uh, I'm going to guess, a sort of a benevolent alien force that's misunderstood that's actually changing everything, but it will cause – it's the same old song and dance. I'm done with it. You know what? I did not feel one at all, not one impulse, not one siren of spoiler alert did I feel in anything that you just said, which means that you guys should feel free to go out there on May 29th, out right now on digital. Well, that means my screenplay is still original. It means that you could still go, you go make this. I, I movie. could still make that movie. But 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 for all the for, for everybody else, this movie is still going to be fresh and, and amazing. It's so gripping. It's so amazing. And you know, 
we just brought you a whole program with all these amazing ladies that are out there in sci-fi films and they're out there in the convention circuit and, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, uh, at the forefront of this path that's going on right now of this, of this momentum. And they speak this, highly of you as well, Marky. That's very nice of you to say. On This is a action sci-fi movie that has one, two, three, four, five women in the lead. Um, a five that, female lead. That's five a rare female, beast. With, like, if you were to look at the poster or if you were to look at the uh, only available at Best Buy 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray cover, Natalie Portman is the only name at all. O- Oscar Isaac is in the background of Natalie Portman, and her, his name's not even on it. Like, you know, this is the sci-fi movie of, of now. Um, and uh, these women are, are amazing in this. Like, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just pointing it out because I kind of realized this later but you don't realize it while you're watching it. It's just an awesome movie. There's no like, uh, there's there's no presumption. There's no motive. There's no alternative. You know, like they're just putting together a magnificent, awesome sci-fi movie. Well, you and, know what? You know what? I think uh, you've got me sold. You got me through this case of a trailer burnout, and now you got me excited. I want to see it. Hey, can I enter to win? And if so, how? Yeah, well, you cannot enter to win, but everybody else, um, all you got to do is, <laughs> you know, it's the same old spiel. I, I do want to hear from you, um, and uh, send us a tweet, uh, at Stay Classy SDCC. Um, we just want to know every, you're alive. Yeah, just we send us. We never hear from you. Tell us that you want your copy of Annihilation, and we'll get it out to you before the release date, actually. Um, I'll probably Ooh, keep the digital code. But, uh, <laughs> no, we're going to send you a fresh copy. Uh, it, it's out on the street on May 29th. This movie is fantastic. It's fantastic. It's creepy. It's weird. It's different. It's beautiful. The effects are amazing. The acting is superb. The direction is on point. I mean, everything about this movie works. So, so you are giving this. Uh, you you say this is a go for cerealites. This, yes, this, this one is, is sweetened oat kernels with extra marshmallows in it. This this is all kinds of thumbs up from you. Well, look, this is the first time that we've ever done this. Like where we recorded a show and then we came back, and it's you know it's just because I felt so strongly about this particular you know thing. We we can we have the ability to give away a lot of stuff, and some of it we save you from serialites. Like some of it, we we don't even want to give it to you because it's crap. Yeah. You know, this one I'm just like, oh, oh my god, like the new That's Ford F one fifty. Yeah, I, it's here. It's here in the in the, in my garage. But uh, you know, he's taking a bullet for you. Yeah, and now for an exciting version of Marquis copy read. Marky, read and copy. <laughs> Natalie Portman stars in the visually stunning film from the director of Ex Machina, Annihilation, on Blu-ray, combo pack, and DVD on May 29th, out now, digital. Hollywood, California, hailed as a masterpiece and a mind-blowing experience. That's Peter Travers from Rolling Stone, y'all. 
Director Alex Garland of Ex Machina, Annihilation debuts on Blu-ray, combo pack, and DVD on May 29th from Paramount, our friends from Paramount Home Media Distribution. Biologist and former soldier Lena, and that's Academy Award winner Natalie Portman, is shocked when her missing husband, Osir Isaac, or Poe Dameron, if you will, comes home near death from a top-secret mission into The Shimmer. That's in caps, by the way, The Shimmer. A mysterious quarantine zone. the only zone. way to make it intimidating. Let's be it is. fair. It's, it's very imposing on the paper. A mysterious quarantine zone no one has ever returned from. Now, Lena and her, and her elite team of ladies, it doesn't say ladies, um, must enter the a beautiful... Ladies. <laughs> the Lena's lovely ladies oh. uh, on her elite team must enter a beautiful. Here's where the wheels de- came off. <laughs> you don't notice that they're ladies, uh, <laughs> and her elite team must enter a beautiful, deadly world of mutated landscapes and creatures to discover how to stop a growing phenomenon that threatens not just some life but all life on Earth. The film also stars Jennifer Jason Lee. Have you ever seen Jennifer Jason Lee and just been like, oh, eh, you know, like, eh, she did all right. I mean, has there ever been a movie that she's in where she's just not fucking sick and crazy and great? Oh, well, see, I feel if you're putting me to task, give me some time. I'll do some research. Well, I'm going to finish reading this. If you think of one film where Jennifer hey, Jason... off the top of my head, nope, not nope. at all. Uh, Gina Rodriguez always kills it. Tessa Thompson, who is on a roll right now. Tessa Thompson is taking over the world. Yeah. And uh, Tuva Novotny, I don't know if I'm saying that. I doubt I'm saying that correctly, but she's good in this film. Um, the Annihilation Blu-ray combo pack includes over an hour of bonus content. Natalie Portman, director Alex Garland, and other cast and crew take viewers behind the scenes for a deeper look inside the film's stunts, intricate set design, and, a, and breathtaking visual effects. The Blu-ray also boasts a Dolby, is it Atmos, A-T-M-O-S? How do you say that? Atmos? Uh, Atmos. Atmos, okay. Atmos. Blu-ray also boasts Dolby Atmos soundtrack remix specifically for home to place a more, um, uh, um, a move, wait, um, move? Uh, M-O-V-E. Yeah, I, I think, I think they, they've thrown a curveball at you. And, it, and it's Atmos and Mova. <laughs> uh, uh, to uh, for the home to place an Moby uh, audio anywhere including overhead. Apparently, the sound goes over your head, which is always great for things that you want to listen to. Um, Everything goes but, uh, over my brother's head. <laughs> the uh, bonus content. There's like three parts. There's the Southern Reach, Area X and to the lighthouse. All these things will mean something when you want them. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, uh, it's, you, you've taken us past the context we need there. I, I did. I, I watched the first part. I watched part one, Southern Reach. So if this is three parts of bonus content, I watched one-third of it, and it's still like an hour long. And it's so interesting. I did it just for research before, I, before we recorded this. I just wanted to have some context. To fully review the four. Thank God you did. Otherwise, people could have gone Um, on with their day sooner. But uh, I watched it like right after I watched the movie, and I was still kind of trying to reset my brain from it, just kind of recover and trying to process. And then so I went right into watching the bonus content. Don't do that, everybody. Don't do that. Don't do that. Wait. Give it a day or two. Watch the bonus content later. 
don't do what I did. Because <laughs> your mind is blown, and then the bonus content attempts to put the pieces back together. Let yourself get blown, everybody. Just let it happen. Mm, advice for the ages. Yeah. Well so, put. Um, so, yeah, guys, this thing, this is a fantastic collection. Um, I want people to have it. We're giving away a couple of copies. Just uh, tweet us, tweet me at Stay Classy SDCC. As soon as you hear this, whether you're hearing it live on Saturday morning or if you're hearing this on a podcast, you don't know how many I've given away. I'm, I've literally had to give away Gladiator Braveheart on 4K a couple of times because people don't claim their prizes. Um, I'm still looking at Brett Pitt's ugly face from Allied. I'm literally holding it right now. I just threw it away. Um, People don't claim prizes because you guys think that I'm after something. I just need your address to send you this thing and occasionally a couch. I need to sleep. <laughs> it's not a big deal. But, um, Sometimes a weapon that's been used in perhaps a homicide. <laughs> perhaps you play maybe, cool and you get a 4K DVD or whatever. Maybe someday somebody will show up and they're going to ask you for a favor. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, guys, this is a really fantastic movie. I put my name all over this thing. And Natalie Portman, as always, she crushes it. So this this happens to be a movie with two Star Wars actors in it, uh, Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. And Star Wars doesn't come up once, other than the fact that I just tied it together because I insist on bringing up Star Wars. <laughs> so um, enjoy this movie. Uh, we're giving it away. Just try us. We're we're, we're, we will give you one. Tweet. Uh, tweet. For, tweet. At SDCC. But thanks, everybody, for listening. We just wanted to record this little bit for those of you that wanted to hang with us for just a little bit more. We hope you enjoyed the program. Grim Shea, you got any final words? Yeah, that's, uh, that's an extra 15 minutes. You won't be getting back, sucker. Exactly. And that's about enough of this. Finally. And now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.